Chapter fifty nine of Half a Century by Jane Grey Swisshelm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Heroic and anti heroic treatment. The other ward in which I was not welcome adjoined that one in which my room was situated, and to reach it I must go out of doors or pass through one half the length of that ward in these passages i had an opportunity for studying pyemia and its ordinary treatment and could give the men lemonade when they wanted it in this ward lay a young german with a wounded ankle he had a broad square forehead skin white as wax large blue eyes and yellow hair inclined to curl his whole appearance indicated high culture and an organization peculiarly sensitive to pleasure or pain but no one seemed to understand that he suffered more than others from a like cause surgeon and nurses scoffed at his moans and thought it babyish for a muscular man over six feet to show so many signs of pain i think that from some cause the surgeon felt vindictive toward him and that his subordinates took their cue from him when i went to give him lemonade he would clutch my hand or dress look up in my face and plead oh mutter mutter but if i sat down to soothe and comfort him a nurse always came to remind me of the surgeon's orders and i used to go around on the outside that he might not see and call me when he was in the amputation room i heard his shrieks and groans and carried a glass of wine to the door for him he heard my voice and called mutter mutter i pushed past the orderly ran to him and his pleading eyes seemed to devour me as he fastened his gaze on my face i cannot think to this day why he should have been nude for the amputation of a foot but he was and someone threw a towel across his loins as i approached dr baxter said no sympathy no sympathy so i stood by him placed a hand on each side of his corrugated brow steadied my voice and said be a man and a soldier he had asked me for bread and i gave him a stone and no wonder he dashed it back in my face with a fierce cry i have been a man and a soldier long enough ah verily had he and much too long days before that he should have been a boy again i a baby a very infant should have been soothed and softened and comforted with all the tenderness of mother love but even now in this cruel extremity every sign of sympathy was denied him some one put a hand gently but firmly on each of my shoulders turned my back to him took me out of the room and i hurried away while the air shuddered with his shrieks and groans after he had been brought back to his place in the ward i could often hear him as i passed to and from my room and even while i occupied it once he saw me through the open door and called mutter mutter i went knelt by him took his hands which were stretched appealingly to me and spoke comforting words while his blue eyes seemed ready to start from their sockets as he clung to my hands with the old familiar cry oh mutter mutter he was strapped down to his iron cot about as closely as he had been to the amputation table and the cot fastened to the floor i had not been five minutes at his side when his special nurse hurried up and warned me to leave saying it's surgeon's orders he's not going to have any babying i drew my hands from the frantic grasp took away that last hold on human sympathy and hurried out 
while his cry of o mutter mutter rung in my ears as i turned and looked on his pure high brow for the last time next morning i heard he had lockjaw and that the surgeon was to leave the night after that victim of some frightful fiendish experiment had been carried to the dead house i was passing through the ward when attracted by the sounds of convulsive weeping and i found a young man in an agony of grief in one of those sobbing fits sure to come to the bravest he was in a high fever and while i bathed his face and hands i asked the cause of his outbreak and he sobbed oh the pain in my wound this is the third night i have not slept and by god i can bear it no longer it was a flesh wound in the thigh such an one as usually proved fatal and while i set him to talking i began patching scraps of observation into a theory he was from pennsylvania and bitterly charged his state with having done nothing for her wounded and when i asked why he had not sent for me he said oh i thought you were from massachusetts like all the rest of them and if my state would do nothing for me i would not beg people come here every day looking for massachusetts soldiers since i have been frantic here ladies have come and stood and looked at me and said poor fellow as if i had been a dog i was as well raised as any of them even if i am a common soldier i thought his recovery very doubtful and talked to draw his thoughts to the better land to his charges against his native land i said i am a pennsylvanian and more than that the governor of pennsylvania sent me to you bade me come to-night that you might know he had not forgotten you he did why how did he know anything about it he just knows all about it and has been caring for you all this time i do not mean andy curtin he's nothing but a subaltern but the dear lord our father in heaven who never forgets us though he often afflicts us he sent me to you now that you might know he loves you it was he who made me love you and care to help you all the love and care that come to you are a part of his love he wept afresh but less bitterly and said oh you will think i am a baby well that is just what you ought to be your past life is sufficient certificate of manhood and now has come your time to be a baby while i am your mother you have been lying here like an engine under a high pressure of steam and the safety valve fastened down with a billet of wood until there had been almost an explosion now just take away that stick of wood your manhood and pride and let out all the groans and tears you have pent in your heart cry all you can this is your time for crying when i had talked him into a mood to let me feel if his feet were warm i found that wounded limb dreadfully swollen cold almost as death stretched out as he lay on his back and a cushion right under the heel had there been no wound the position must have been unendurable without letting him know i drew that cushion up until it filled the hollow between the heel and calf of the leg and supported the strained muscle tucked a handful of oakum under the knee moved the toes brushed and rubbed the foot until circulation started sponged it rolled it in flannel of which i had a supply in my basket washed the well foot and put a warm woolen sock on it arranged the cover so that it would not rest on the toes of the sore leg told him to get the new surgeon next morning to make a large opening on the lower side of his thigh where the bullet had gone out to ask him to cut lengthwise of the muscle get out everything he could that ought not to be in there keep that opening open with a roll of bandage 
so that old mother nature should have a trapdoor through which she could throw her chips out of that workshop in his thigh to be sure and not hint to the surgeon that i had said anything about it and not fail to have it done i left him asleep and the next day he told me the surgeon had taken a quart of pus and several pieces of woolen cloth out of his wound and his recovery was rapid End of chapter fifty nine